Wow. Well done, guys. Round of applause. Come on. A bit of fun. Now, we didn't lose anyone in the time machine, I hope. No, we're all good. Fantastic. Well, brace yourselves. We're about to hear the word of God. Hey, that's what we're here for. This is the good stuff. Thank you. We'll welcome up Pastor Jason this morning. Thanks, Pastor Jason. Thank you, Pastor Sheree. Was that fun? Just heaps of fun, you know. And uh, and just, uh, oh, look at that. This, here we go. Taking it all away. I, I just, I can't tell you how proud I am of your church. I know Timothy and Sheree, the work that they've put on, and, and uh, a number of people have really helped out and done the extra miles. And, uh, and particularly want to thank, want to thank uh, Emmanuel and, uh, and Jemima. And they uh, put a lot of work in. I know a number of you helped out. Levi helped out and everything. And just all the, all the team. And uh, I don't want to start naming names, otherwise I'll forget people. But um, thank you so much. And, uh, and just the, 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 the remarkable difference in 12 months. Uh, this time last year, um, you know, Nara was a lot more involved. And, and, and this year, you guys have really owned it and taken it and, and, and done a lot more. So it's just so encouraging to see growth and increase in that regard. So, and uh, I love the creativity of your pastors. Aren't they creative? And that's just awesome. It's an awesome gift that, that God's given you as a church. Your pastors are a gift for you. And, uh, and they're a blessing that God's given. So thank you, Timothy and Sheree. You're just a great blessing and gift to this church. And we appreciate you. All right. Now that you've, uh, you've all walked around, you're all excited, I'm going to get you to stand to your feet one more time. And uh, just... Uh, just to be annoying, but we, I love to get around the Word of God just with reference. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the Word today. We open up our heart. We thank you, God, for this time that we have. Lord, the fun that's ahead of us, God, the, the reveal and the, and the food and the fellowship and the connection and, the, and the, the faith. But also, before we get there, this is a short time we have around the Word of God. Lord, make it real, make it alive in our hearts. Encourage us, stir us up. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Be seated. Thank you for that. So Pastor Timothy mentioned uh, briefly that there is a, um, a theme that we've worked on. And this is a theme that was sort of um, worked on with both locations coming together. We had uh, three or four from this church, and we had um, three or four or five from Nara come together, and we just sort of brainstormed this idea of how we want to focus on Imagine Day. And the, and the phrase we came up with uh, after probably an hour and a half of talking, debating, sharing, praying, seeking God— was actually countless moments, one momentum. It wasn't just something we threw out of the air. It was actually through, we wrestled with it and uh, what we want to build as a church. And, uh, and the idea is that, um, you know, obviously momentum is the, is the word that, that God stirred strongly in my heart for 2019 and beyond. Momentum all throughout the year. In fact, we aren't just finishing here at Imagine Day, but we actually have a, a, a city church conference coming up in August 16th to 17th. Um, which it's actually called Momentum Conference. And, uh, and I kind of feel like that's the name that's going to always be, at least for uh, the, the foreseeable future, uh, and an annual event. And so we're believing for God to do great things across our two locations in amazing, powerful ways. And, uh, and, but we, we talked about Imagine Day as being countless moments and one momentum. And I want to share a scripture with you, and, uh, and, and I want to talk about a couple of things um, that are almost opposite of what, we would usually do as preachers. So let me, let me start with this. Psalms 41 and verse 1 to 3. It says, Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. 
The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. Oftentimes, as a preacher, we'll preach a message, share a sermon, and at the end of it, we give a challenge or an altar call or some sort of response from the people. And it's normal to be able to do that. We're, gonna, we're flipping it around this morning. So this morning, you've already done what I'm preaching about. You've given to the poor. You've given not just to those that may be poor naturally, but those that are perhaps poor in the Spirit, those that don't yet know Jesus or the, or the saving grace of Christ that many of us here know. And if you don't have that saving grace of Christ, you can find Him here today. Before we finish, I'll give an invitation for those that may want to start a relationship with Jesus. But before we get there, I want to say this, is that you, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a church, have given to the poor today. And so I'm not preaching a message and then getting you to do something. You've already done it, and I'm telling you the blessing that's coming your way because of what you've already done. It's a back-of-the-front message today, okay? All right, so, so here we go. So you can rest easy. There's no real big challenge. You've done the challenge. But let's believe this can be part of our lifestyle as well. So what can you expect personally after giving in today's offering today? What can you expect? Here's some things you can expect. Today you are stepping into a new blessing because you have considered the poor. The first little part of Psalms 41 verse 1, blessed is he or she who considers the poor. Your generosity will not only make a difference to those naturally but spiritually. So here's the first thing you can expect to be blessed with. You can expect God to deliver you this year. Over this next 12 months, you can expect God to deliver you when delivery is needed. Isn't that good? It says, it goes on after he says, bless those who give to the poor. He says in verse 1, the last part of verse 1, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. It also says in verse 2, you will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. How awesome is that? You know, everyone feels trapped sometimes. We have moments, maybe even seasons, maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe some people, unfortunately, even go through years where they can feel trapped. There can be a number of things that we can make us feel trapped, even once we've found God as our Savior. You see, perhaps you feel trapped in your job. Maybe if you're trapped in, in a business or in your past or in, in other people's expectations of you. You can feel trapped in relationships. You can feel trapped in life. Man, I've got to this stage of life, you might say, and is this all that God's made me for? Is there not more to my life than this? You may look at the years behind you and the years ahead of you, and you may not be sure if you have more years ahead of you or behind you. Maybe you think, I've got less years ahead of me than behind me, and there can be a sense of what has my life accomplished. I feel trapped in this life. There's more in my life. Or maybe the, the negativity when you grew up, perhaps it could be someone that you trusted. It could be a, a teacher or a parent. It may even be a former church pastor. It could be a number of things that have come around your life of people that you've respected that have trapped you in your mindset, maybe even in your insecurities of who you are in Christ. Well, the good news is you've given to the poor today and you can expect to be delivered this year. You can expect to be delivered. Amen. 
Everyone feels trapped, but you can be expected to be delivered. If you ever have moments where you feel trapped, remember to push back on the powerful truth of the Word of God. You can pray prayers like God word, God's Word says, if I consider the poor, that you will deliver me in times of trouble. Maybe you go through times you think, man, my debt is piling up. I've got to pay these bills. I need some deliverance from God. God, remember Imagine Day. I gave to the poor. I'm standing on the Word of God, as it says in Psalms 41, and I'm believing for deliverance today. So you can do that, amen? So, so good. So freedom and deliverance, I speak over your life today. The second thing you can, you can expect because you gave today to the poor, to Imagine Day, is you can expect a long and blessed life here on earth. Who likes the sound of that? Anyone? That sounds all right, right? You can expect that. This is very biblical. This is not just my opinion. This is the Word of God. It goes on after it says, giving to the poor in verse 2 of Psalms 41, the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. He will be blessed on the earth. And so as Christians, we all know that we're going to have an eternity full of blessing with God in paradise forever. How wonderful is that going to be? How awesome is that going to be? Sometimes I have found in conversations with some Christians, they may find it easy to, easy to believe the eternal blessing, but they struggle to believe this temporal blessing here on earth. Especially Australians sometimes. We have a mindset sometimes where we, we resist certain cultures. One of the cultures that we might resist as Australian culture is sometimes the American culture. And uh, not everyone, but some. Why? Because the American culture for an Australian can sometimes seem over the top, full on, fluff, froth and bubble, right? And uh, fluffy, you're not real any, come on, be fair dinkum, mate. Come on, don't tell me that. Yeah, and and, and when, he, when when we see a lot of a lot of preachers that do come from America, and I, and I love Americans. For me, I have no problem with it. But I understand for some I've come across there's an issue that can come, and they mistake the cultural barrier, and they throw the baby out with the bathwater of what that maybe American preacher speaking about. Come and be a partner, you know. Give your life away financially and we'll pray for you. All these things. And it, it grates a lot of us as Australians. Come on, you know, and, and uh, what's all this about? And, and, we, and we, we don't understand the culture often in another nation. And some things that happen in different nations, we may not understand. Until you get an idea of that, you begin to realize and grace comes upon your life for that. All right? Um, and, and, you know, the, the, when, when we hear people talking about these and, and American preachers and all sorts of things, I've just noticed sometimes there can be a resistance because people say, well, they're preaching the prosperity message over here, and I think we should be the other extreme over here. And who knows that one of the words that God's given me is the word balance when a, to build a church. There's a lot of what they say is actually very biblically and, and very true. There's always someone that goes too far. There's always someone that does the wrong thing, says the wrong thing, and unfortunately, that's a very minute amount of preachers and pastors that do that very very small amount that that whole idea can be this is everyone no it's not everyone it's a small amount of people that have maybe had a big voice or a big platform that went too far but here's the thing is that it's very biblical to believe that you can be blessed here on earth you can be blessed you don't have to you know i, I grew up as a pastor's uh, son in the 80s and 90s my dad was pastoring and my mom and uh and uh, back in the 80s and pastoring in a church, in a Pentecostal church, it was actually, there was, it was an unwritten thing that was almost sense like it was more holy to be poor, almost. 
It was almost like, you know, if you're the poorer you are, the more holy you are. And um, maybe there's holes in your pocket. That's about it, you know. And, uh, but, the, but the thing, that's a really bad dad joke, wasn't it? Going to new levels today. You started it, Pastor Timothy, with your, you're your leading, you're influencing me in the wrong way. And, uh, and, so, and so the whole, the whole idea of, of, uh, of prosperity was foreign. It's almost like you've got to be poor to be holy. And I, I mean, I grew up, I mean, I, you know, on day old bread and, and powdered milk. You know, I did all right though, you know, I, I survived. And, um, and uh, but so it's a lot worse than, than me than that. But there's a mindset almost like of, we can't really have the best. We can't really be too blessed. We can't really go all the way. We can't expect that much. Um, and let me say this, it's very difficult to be an incredible blessing when you have nothing to give. You have to have something to give to be a blessing to someone else. If you've never received love, how can you give love? If you've never received anything of, of joy, how can you give joy? Why do we worship God on a Sunday morning before we do anything else? We're receiving God's love, God's joy. We're it's okay to receive. It's very biblical to receive. You can receive. If you only give, you're going to be a dry riverbed after a while. You've got to get the river flowing from somewhere so you can give water somewhere else. So, so important. You know, it's a, it, it, it's for, for us as a church, we need to understand that we can be blessed here on earth as well as in heaven. And so expect that. Expect God to be blessed. I often think of the story. I've heard um, many, you know, oftentimes people get up and as I, over the years of all my churches I've passed over the last 20 years, I'll, I'll get well, someone will get up and do a, a bit of a tithes and offerings message and and one of the most common stories that's spoken on the platform, I've noticed, is the story of the woman with the two mites. You know the story of the woman with the two mites? And I've often said, heard it said, and there's a truth to it, but I just want to bring a balance to that story. Because people often said, the woman brought two mites. Now, I'm not taking a third offering. It's okay, all right? This is, this is it for today, so don't stress. Right? And, um, but the, the, the woman with, with the two mites gets up, and, that, and, and people say, you know what she gave? She only gave two mites. She only gave a little. That's all, all you have to give. You just give what you give. It's what matters in your heart that matters. And it's true. It's what matters in your heart. But here's the thing. She actually gave 100% of what she had. The truth is, she gave the most, not because of the amount of dollars, but she, out of the percentage of what she gave from what she had. And so if she had two million mites, rather than two mites, and she gave that, we go, what? but she, it's just as powerful for her because it's all that she had. And so that's the principle behind that story. And some people think, oh, yeah, they got all this finance. I'll just give my two mites. And I'm like the woman with the two mites. Missed the whole point completely. Understand that it's about being faithful with what you have. I can't be faithful with Pastor Timothy's artistic gift. God, I'm accountable to you that I'm going to draw, you know, drawings and artists. I mean, I'm not, I'm not accountable. He is. Enjoy. Because God gave him the gift, not me. I struggle to draw stick figures, right? They're, even they look a bit wonky. And so it's not a gift of my life. I have other gifts that I'm accountable for before God, but not that gift. But the pressure's on Timothy to look after that. <laughs> and uh, enjoy him. And, um, so what, here's the thing, whatever God's given you, whether it be gifts, whether it be finance, whether it be time, whether it be your personality, hospitality, hospitality gift, whatever it is, God has given you a gift for you to be faithful with. Amen? 
And as you're faithful with what God's given you and give Him the most you can give, then God will bless you. Amen. And you've been faithful by giving today. I honor you for that. I honor you for being faithful and giving. And so you can expect blessing here on earth and a long life. How good is that? A long, a long, healthy, blessed life. The third thought is this. Expect physical health and healing. Here we go. Is that good? Just give me a wave if you have pain in your body today or sickness in your body of any kind. Just give me a wave. I'm not going to call you out front. Just give me a wave if that's you. All right, a few here. So here's the thing. You can expect wholeness and healing. Give me a wave if you've ever, ever had pain or sickness in your body in the history of your life. Give me a wave. Okay, all right. So, okay, how about this? Give me a wave. I love your surveys, random surveys. G- give me a wave if you have had pain or sickness in your body over the last 12 months at any point in time. Give me a wave. All right, some of you are incredibly healthy. Amazing. And um, well done. And, uh, and so here's the thing is that we may be tempted or challenged with that again the next 12 months. You can push back on today and say, hey, the Bible says that if I consider the poor, that God will strengthen me on my bed of illness and will sustain me on my sickbed. Are you with me? Isn't that good? Do you feel good about giving today? How awesome is this? It's all blessings for you, for your momentum of your life, that you can believe for these things. Amen? That you can believe that that God will deliver you, that you can expect long and blessed life on the earth, that you can believe for health and healing physically. All these things you can have simply because you came to church to have fun, to give generously, and to bless other people as well. How powerful is it to be a giver? It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, God is just an incredible, incredible God. And so I just want to mention one thing um, about the what, where, and who of giving, just quickly, because um, we often talk about the how of giving, which is really important, how your heart is. And, and we talk a lot about that at Church Life, I find. So I want to talk about the what, the where, and the who of giving, just very quickly. We're giving to something or someone every day of our lives. Yes, make sure your heart's right. It's so important. You've got to get your heart right. Give joyfully, not grudgingly. All that stuff is really important. But the question is, first of all, what are you giving and where or who are you giving it to? That's the question I want to look at just for a second before I finish. What are you giving and where or who are you giving it to? It's Proverbs 18:16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. How interesting it is that as a gift that makes room for him. So it brought him before great men. So it makes room. What kind of moments are you making room for in your giving? Because when you give, you, create, you make room for moments. And then the more you give, the more moments until they become, I don't know, countless moments, which creates momentum in your life for the positive and for God. So the more moments you create in life in one particular area, the greater the momentum becomes in that particular area. Whether it be positive moments or negative moments, your life will go on a positive momentum or a negative momentum. It'll go in in your spiritual life, in your married life, in your home life, in your business. In every area of your life, this principle is the same, is that the moments you create matter. Let me give one example. It's probably the most easiest example to use is the example of marriage. Now, I know that not everyone's married in this room, and, uh, and, but for those that are married, listen up. For those that maybe want to be married one day, listen up. For those that aren't married and never, ever want to be married one day, then just take it for something else in your life, like a friendship or a connection, because the same principles apply, all right? Here's the thing. The momentum in marriage is strongly influenced by what kind of moments you are creating in your marriage relationship. 
It matters. Is your marriage full of generous moments, romantic moments, joyful moments, loving moments, understanding moments, forgiving moments, and encouraging moments? Or is your marriage full of frustration, moments of anger, moments of jealousy, moments of self-centeredness, moments of mistrust, moments of judgment, and moments of neglect? Because the moments you fill your relationship with is the momentum it will go in. For those who are married or one day will be, always remember the momentum of, in your marriage is determined by the moments you are creating. Also remember that over time, negative moments will often happen if you put no effort into the relationship. We live in a fallen world. And, and so because we live in a fallen world, we naturally, if we don't speak words of life, we often veer towards thinking negatively as human beings. If we don't purposefully read the Word of God and purposefully speak it out over our life, we can veer towards negativity. Even the most, I'm a, I see myself as a very positive person, but even the most positive person has this battle. No matter how positive or strong you are as a person, we have this battle unless we put some things in place. Your marriage, for example, will veer towards neglect or or, or, or mistrust, or jealousies, all these things, unless you create positive moments. And then you get to a point where you're trying to do, you know, uh, cure rather than prevention. And preventions are much better, all right? Positive moments, the challenge with positive moments is it takes energy. Do you know it took a fair bit of energy to create this positive moment today? The team put a lot of energy into this. They put a lot of life into this. I love the, the worship team today. Well done. I can see you put some thought and creativity in today. Try some different things. I love that. I love that we're trying different things. No one here is asking for a perfect church because otherwise I couldn't be there and you couldn't be here, right? But we're asking for a church that would just give our best and do our best to create positive moments with each other and just see where God leads us. And we're going to surprise what's in each other. Wow, I didn't know that was in you. That's so good. And we're going to encourage each other. So important. And so positive moments create energy. Um, for my wife and I, we make sure that we have time together. If you don't create time with your partner to go on a date night or to do, you know, have time together, then you'll never, ever do it. Especially when children come up and start to be born in your relationship. Especially when these things start to happen in time and business. And, and of course, in Sydney, everyone's got so much time and no one's busy at all. <laughs> right? So this is a busy place. I know how busy you are. You know, we go, you go to Narrow and you think people are walking backwards. It's so slow, you know. And um, now Narrow is an awesome place, but it's just the country and the city, right? It's just a different sort of avenue. And yet there's life and there's purpose. And, 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 and so God has called you to make sure you use your moments wisely, all right? Let's look at what we can give in life. What, what can we give? We can give our time. We can give our focus. You know when someone's talking to you? <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you think, hey, 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 <laughs> look at me. You know, and uh, like you, giving someone focus is actually a generous spirit. Eye contact is a generous spirit. We can give our words. We can give our words positively or our words negatively. All right? Words are powerful. Nothing more powerful than God's word. We can give our finances, our passion, our heart. We can give our strength. We can give our life. Here's an interesting one. We can give our gifts. Have you ever received a gift from someone and you re-gifted it? Come on, who's done that? Come on, give me a wave. Come on, honest people. 
All right. You say, wow, thank you so much. All right. Uh, who don't I like? You know? <laughs> no, no, no. And so you, you re-gift it, and you give it. Not, not, maybe because you had two, because you're not like that. You, know, you have two toasts. I only need three toasters, you know. And so you re-gift one to someone else. You haven't used it. It's brand new, you know, all that stuff. So you, yeah, you do. But here's the thing. We're actually called to be re-gifters. God has given you a gift, a great gift. And that gift that he's given you is not just for you. It's for you to take that and give it to someone else. Give it to someone else. Right now, there are people with gifts that haven't given that gift for someone for a long time sitting in this room. Maybe this is the year, this next 12 months, where you say, I'm stepping into re-gifting for my church, for my family, for my community, re-gifting what God's given you. Amen? Because you know what? There's a Bible story in the Bible about this. You know the guy that buried his talent? He kind of should have re-gifted, right? Use his talent again, but he didn't. But if you use your talent, God gives you what? More talents. All right? So when or where or who can we give? All right. I want to finish on this thought. I want to finish this thought. It may sound crazy, and I want to be too super spiritual with this, but you've got to give to God and not give to the devil. That sounds a bit crazy. I'm not, I'm not a super spiritual kind of guy, right? I'm a very practical kind of guy. But we can give to the devil without realizing it. It says in Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. What do you give to the devil sometimes? Sometimes we give him a foothold. He has no right in your life. He has no place in your life. He has no authority in your life because Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I give it to you. Go make disciples. And so he has nothing. He has a slippery slope where he tries to get a foothold. Nothing, nothing at all. But when we stop and we be negative and we stop and we don't give, and we almost there's a foothold in our life. The devil gets and begins to get as, as ideas in our minds, in our life, and that we're not good enough, all these things. And here's the interesting thing. And I'm, I'm going to miss about five slides there, Manuel, but see if you can catch up. And um, so uh, Ephesians 5.27 says, Do not give the devil a foothold. But listen to Gen- uh, Genesis 3.15. This was when Adam and Eve, I'm going to finish on this story, Adam and Eve, they gave, uh, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil when they were meant, not meant to, okay? And, uh, and then they came and, and, and God said to them, Adam and Eve, and the serpent who was Satan, right? Uh, using the serpent, he said some things to him. And this is what he said to them. He said to the, to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And so what he's saying, God, to the serpent, to the devil, is basically one day the seed of this woman, which is going to be Jesus Christ, capital H, is going to die on the cross. He's going to get bruised. His heel's going to be bruised. It's not going to be easy, but the reason why his heel's bruised also is because he's just kicked you in the head, because your head's bruised. That's what he says. This is biblical. I'm not trying to be overly violent right now. This is the truth of the Word of God, you know, bang, you know. And so, ah, I've got a sore foot. Why? Because I kicked the devil in the head. And so here's the thing, is that we're giving the devil the wrong thing. Don't give the devil a foothold. Give him a foot. Right? Come on. That's the thing. Remember that. Remember that. If you're going to give something and give to God, make room. There's a story as I close of the Shunammite woman and Elisha. You know, Elisha was a prophet. And this woman made a room for, in her house for the man of God to come whenever he wanted and spend time on his travels. 
and he came and she had a little bed for him, a little side table, a little lamp, little candle, everything, and he came in and, and he made room. And because she made room, then God provided for her a son. She was barren, and God provided for her a son who almost died but got rise, right, rose again from the dead. There's a whole story behind it. Read it for yourself. It's awesome. And if you want to know the reference of that, it's in 2 Kings uh, 4 and verse 8 to 13 and a number of scriptures around that. But that's a powerful example of someone giving God room. Moments of God. Don't give the devil a foothold. Give him a foot and give to God. Amen? Can you bow your heads and close your eyes for me as we close? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the Word of God, for the encouragement today. God, you're able to do amazing, mighty, powerful things. And God, whatever we give today, Father God, we give with the expectation, excitement, Father God, in our heart, knowing that you're building your church and establishing your name. We thank you, Father God, to have your way today. We're excited for these things. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, let me ask one thing. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have never made a decision to say yes to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to raise your hand and we'll get around you after church. Not here to embarrass you, but we are here to encourage you along the journey of your walk with God because the truth of the matter is we all have a journey and you do too, as well as do, as well as do I. So if you, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you would like to start your connection with God through Jesus Christ or recommit to Jesus again, would you slip your hand up and give me a wave in this place right now? Say, yes, that's me. I want to start my life right with Jesus or recommit my life. All right, let me pray for you as a church. Father God, we thank you. Lord, we leave this place with excitement, with joy. We thank you, Lord, for the passion and the purposes of God. We thank you, Lord, to build this church. And I'm believing, Lord, over the next 12 months, until we come again together next year on Imagine Day, that we're going to see some incredible things happen, Father God. Lord, even that would make the last 12 months seem like just even you'll do double the amount, Lord, a double portion this next year, we pray, over MacArthur Church, Father God. And every member, personally and this church, corporately, Father God, that we realize we really don't have enough chairs, Father God. We need more chairs for the people that are kind of pouring this place. We thank you for your blessing and for your provision in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Let's give you a location, Pastor Handclap, Timothy and Cherie. God bless you.